Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. Wanted to go over some new data that I just stumbled across today that points towards a greater probability that we're actually in recession now. Let's head right over to Twitter, actually. And we're going to pull up a chart from my good buddy, Jeff Snyder. And I heard him talking about this yesterday. And fascinating stuff here. If we look at U.S. industrial production, you see that when this goes negative year over year, there's a very high probability that you are in a recession. So going back to 1920, we see that I believe 18 positives and six false positives. So what I, I mean, when Jeff started talking about this and he's saying, okay, but there's six times where you didn't have a recession, such as you've got, um, I believe, oh, here you go. Here's a big one right here, 2016. That's probably the most prominent. These others are just little teeny-weeny dips here, like in 1952. But look at this, 2016. You had a huge drop in industrial production. I'm not sure why that would have been. Maybe it's something to do with the the trade wars that were going on with, with China and Trump. Maybe, something like that. But regardless, uh, we had a huge false positive here. But you see that a lot of times going all the way back to 1920, 18 times, it indicated that we were in a recession. But what I'd like to do is encourage you to think about this in terms of the rest of the data that we have, most notably the, the yield curve, the twos and tens. So if we go back to 2016, we know that the yield curve was not inverted back then. So this would have been kind of an isolated data point. But when you look at all the other data points that we have now, in addition to this U.S. industrial production now going negative, and Snyder has this giant black arrow here, you can see it's not by much. I mean, it's only, call it 0.5%, but, you know, it's like the anything else. It's When it starts, it's it's not just boom all of a sudden. It starts off slow, and then it gains momentum, and then month after month, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you get one of these big orange icicle-looking things. So this, uh, uh, I believe it's month monthly data that the Fed comes out with, and that's how I think the source data for Jeff's chart. We've got to really pay attention to this, and this is just another one of those metrics that we need to add to our toolbox to determine the probabilities of not just us going into a recession, but maybe even being in a recession right now as we speak, even though the unemployment rate is very low. Now, I'm not done yet, though. Uh, let's go over to Bloomberg. And I just saw this on CNBC. Josh emailed me the article from Bloomberg, the archive thing here. And Goldman Sachs came out with earnings today or yesterday. They took a big hit. And two reasons why. Number one was their exposure to commercial real estate. So headline here, real estate woes drive billion-dollar hit for Goldman Sachs. It's tough. It's a tough time to be in the real estate business. That means Goldman Sachs Group is feeling some pain, too. The bank isn't the largest property lender, but it has more than $14 billion of real estate investments. Write-downs off those bets helped drive a $1.15 billion hit in the second quarter. The firms didn't detail which properties drove the loss which was spread across equity and debt investments on the balance sheet, as well as some consolidated investment entities. Goldman added a slide on the commercial real estate exposure to the quarterly presentation, pointing out that offices make up small percentage 
of its wow well, that's really interesting wow okay so right off the bat if you would have asked me hey george what do you think the majority of this commercial real estate write down is on golden's balance sheet i would have said office because we always hear that multifamily and industrial is actually doing pretty well it's those giant you know 50 story office buildings that are just getting crushed right now but that's really interesting to hear that the majority of this write down did not include office space. And I'm just coming to that conclusion based on what they're saying here that office space makes up a very small percentage of its overall property portfolio. Let's keep going here. Property owners are grappling with the effects of surge in borrowing costs. Office landlords particularly struggled, like we said. Landlords, including Brookfield Asset Management, have defaulted on debt, often attempt to renegotiate terms. But this isn't the only place where Goldman Sachs is taking a big hit. And keep in mind, too, it's not like they're selling these properties. They're just writing them down. So the CFO or whatever says, hmm, you know, kind of tests the wind there with his finger. <laughs> says, well, okay, we're going to write these down. They're not worth 100 cents on the dollar compared to what we paid for them. But if we had the right buyer and this and the Fed drops rates and blah, blah, you know, they go through all these mental gymnastics, we could definitely get 90 cents on the dollar. And that's what they're actually writing down. That's what they're reporting. But in reality, we know that these are very illiquid assets. And if Goldman needed to sell them, actually get them off their balance sheet, there's no way they'd get 90 cents on the dollar uh, or very low probability. They'd most likely get 60 or maybe 70 cents on the dollar. So the, the write-down in reality, if they needed the liquidity, is much more significant than the, just this paper write-down that they have to disclose to Wall Street for reporting guidelines, I'm sure, is, uh, you know, this disclosure because they're a publicly traded company. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Oh, and here we go. Look at this. Commercial real estate represents $27 billion of Goldman's $178 billion in loans, led by $11 billion in warehouse. The commercial real estate portfolio, 42% investment grade, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, yeah, investment grade when they bought it. Now what grade is it? They say Goldman is alone, JP Morgan Chase, $100 million in charge-offs. So again, this is just kind of this snowball that we could we're most likely just seeing start right now. And as it gains momentum, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So expect to see a lot more of these write downs in the future, but unfortunately that's not 
uh, the that's not it when it comes to the bad news for Goldman Sachs. Let's look at this. Green Skies, a company that they acquired in 2021 for right around $2.2 billion, if my memory serves me right. And they had to take a massive write down on this as well. Now, according to what I read earlier, they haven't been able to sell this yet. And they said the reason they haven't sold it is because all of the offers that they got were lowball offers. Okay, are, are they lowball offers <laughs> or is that just the market rate for this piece of garbage that you paid $2.2 billion for? Most likely the latter. And I think, uh, you know, again, they're taking this paper write down, assuming that the, they can sell it for XYZ when really the market is only bidding XYZ minus a whole bunch. <laughs> so let's go into what this company does and maybe get some more insights as to the overall economy. So we know that Goldman acquired them, $2.2 billion. They've had to take a massive write-down because now this company is not even worth close to what they paid. So the question becomes, why are they worth so much less? Maybe why are they even worth less, <laughs> period? Well, here's what they do. They're, they're a fintech. I love it whenever you get a lender that says they're a fintech platform. That We're a tech company. Oh, really? What do you do? Well, we give loans to people. Hmm, weird. That sounds like a business that's about 5,000 years old. Oh, no, no. Are you kidding me? No, we're a tech company. All right. So this fintech company, oh, it's a platform, I'm sorry, that offers paperless solutions <laughs> and financial services to businesses all said, okay, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Let's get into the gist of this. The loans they the loans that uh, that Green Sky originates or creates here, the loans are funded by the banking institutions and provide consumer access to funds for things like home improvements and healthcare. So they kind of, I guess they act as a liaison, but their core business is home improvement services or home improvement lending. So if the home improvement market is going up, then this should benefit them. If the home improvement market is tanking, then this would definitely impact their their PL and their balance sheet. So home improvement services like what? HVAC, pools, spas, windows, doors, roofing, home automation, remodeling, and more can qualify for a green sky loan. Okay. So let's think this through. Oh, and also too, when it said healthcare, oh, this is important. They're not really talking about healthcare. They're talking about cosmetic procedures. Ah, that's a key distinction here. Why? Because they're lending for things that people don't really need. Like if you break your arm, you you, you need a cast. Like, like you're gonna have to go to the doctor. For the, I guess you wouldn't have to, but the the probability is very high that you got to go to the doctor. If you need just your teeth are crooked, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go to the doctor right now. You can go ahead and put that off. And it's the exact same thing with the home improvement stuff. Like you might want you might want a pool or a spa really don't need it. Do you need brand new windows? Do you need brand new doors? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Do you really need to remodel? No, that's a want. And it looks like everything that they're lending has to do with what people want, not what they need, not what they have to buy. And therefore, if we see their business tanking, now they could just be terrible manage managers and they could just be bad at operating a business. That's true. But it also could be because the overall environment 
for these loans is declining. There's far, far, far less demand. Why? Because people just don't have the purchasing power anymore. I mean, we've lived through two or three years of real wages going down. It is true that nominal overall have gone up, but they haven't kept pace with the rate of inflation, especially for the demographic above 25 years old. The majority of the, even the nominal wage gains have come from the, the age group of 16 to 24-year-olds. So, okay, uh, they've got a lot of disposable income, but unfortunately, they don't represent the bulk of the economy. That would be people that are older than 25 years old. And we can see that their spending is really starting to slow down, which would be another data point that you would need along with the chart from Snyder, along with what you see in commercial real estate, along with the yield curve. So you can come to your own conclusions and determine the probabilities of us not just going into a recession, but us being in a recession right now. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.